0: Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the podcast series, Mum, You've Got This. If this is your first time listening to any episode on this podcast, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the series and I would say there are 16 other awesome episodes prior to this one that you could go back and have a listen to. There's an intro episode as well that explains what this series is about and why it was kind of started. Um, And if you do like the episodes, any reviews that you can leave, um, you know, liking on Facebook, on instagram sharing on any of your social media profiles it just helps to get much broader reach and listeners and organic listeners to this podcast so that would mean so much to me if you could take the time to do that i just wanted to mention as well um this is my first podcast for a couple of weeks and obviously our worlds have been completely flipped upside down globally with what is happening with coronavirus all across the world um I just wanted to acknowledge it. I'm not obviously going to go into detail on it. I think everyone is feeling the wrath in some way, shape or form. Um, and it's scary and it's challenging. Um, and I am genuinely worried for so many individuals, companies so many people across the world um, from a financial perspective and from a health perspective and there's plenty of negatives and scary points to what's happening but there are also plenty of positives um, that we can take out of it and and some extent whether it is a wake-up call to what the world kind of needed to just be have more gratitude and be thankful for what we do have and look at the way we live moving forward once we do come out the other side of this I'm not claiming to be a the, the the person with all the wisdom or anything at all. But I just wanted to share that that is kind of, yeah, how I'm feeling about the whole situation right now trying to focus on the positives or I'm focusing on the positives and being grateful for what I have. So um, I just wanted to comment on that. Now, another side, obviously it has halted a lot of things for a lot of people and me included with a few things I had planned for the podcast, but I just wanted to update you all that I was going to update you on anyway. I wanted to mention something that a project I'm also working on, which is a children's book. And I will shortly start to share a lot more about it. Um, So please look out for it if you don't follow my page on instagram please do look for mum you've got this on instagram and there's also a facebook page and i'll be sharing lots of updates around it it's a really awesome book i I think plenty of women out there are going to really like it i'm not going to share the message around it or anything just yet but just look out for it that is all coming now the person featuring today on episode 17 is erin erin thank you so much for coming onto the podcast
1: today Thank, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> very excited.
0: Now, I'm very excited to have Erin on because she actually let me know before Um, recording. So she reached out to me through my website, um, which is mygt.online and just said that she was, she'd found the the podcast naturally just searching um, through her podcast app and was loving the podcast and just messaged me and asked to come on. So I'm really excited that she has found this organically and and wanted to come on today. So Erin, if you could share with us um, your situation right now, so what your family dynamic is like and what you do for work and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm 39. I actually turned the big 40 later this year. So very exciting, but daunting, of course. But um, so I'm actually a mum in a blended family. So I have three biological children, so three daughters. So that's Alexis, who's in uh, year 12. She's in year seven, so she's 12. Rose, who is nine, and Poppy, who turns five in a couple of weeks. And I also have what I call my bonus children. So, yeah, they're my stepchildren. Um, And they're Emma, who is 12, and Zach, who is 11. So I've actually been in their lives... um, when my husband and I met in 2012 so the four four older kids were actually four four three and two when we met Mm. um and now two are in high school one's in grade six and one's in grade five so it's been really busy eight years but a really exciting years and Poppy is our baby together so she is what links the whole family together Mm -hmm. and like I said so she's um five in a couple of weeks so um, at the moment I'm sort of in limbo and that's really because of really what's happening in the world of what you touched on so I'm I guess I still at the moment a stay at home mum but with the intention of returning to the workforce in a full-time capacity um, and in an industry which I've worked the past 20 years on and off with around kids which is the payroll industry so um, I was in the midst of about to obtain another role when that sort of has been halted which is completely fine and, understandable, and probably a way a bit of a blessing because um being that I have three children and plus the stepkids at school it's a bit of a blessing to know I am home in case things change Mm. um so yeah so I'm excited for when the time comes to return to the workforce but at the moment um yeah playing playing mum at home so yeah busy but you know love my life
0: so you said that you were in the process of finding something so were you in like interview stage with that yeah
1: I was yeah, it was pretty much um, up until last week. So we were, it's it's pretty recent. So um, it was in the final stages to basically commence. Uh, potentially it was even to commence this Monday. But mm. that actually has just been put on hold, which... Um, which I understand I mean I don't expect them to be really hiring people at the moment when we don't know really what's going on um it could be a couple of weeks or it could be a month or two so it's it's just it's just basically waiting so Mm -hmm. I'm ready to go and I'm excited to sort of get back into the workforce um particularly now Poppy started school this year so um I feel that you know it's now more I can you know go back to work, um, and be more focused on back on my career. Um, so I'm really excited about that. So Mm, yeah, so it's exciting times, but it's in limbo, but like I said, I don't see it as much as I would have loved to have started, I actually see it as a bit of a blessing because you know, if I'd been at work and all of a sudden kids were home, because schools were shut, then you know I would hate to be letting down my new employer by having to work from home or having to finish up because of that. So I see it as a bit of a blessing in disguise through through <laughs> through this this you know what what we're going through at the moment.
0: Mm. It's a crazy time, and I think that we we were talking just before we started recording, saying it's just this will not um, really. Affect anyone? I think everyone will be affected by this. So, you know, maybe um, you know, obviously, what you said with the timing there it was probably good that you had. It was you know that you, you didn't start something right at the beginning of the school year and be there for a few weeks and then have this happen. I mean, in saying that, everyone's affected by it. So, absolutely, um, yeah. yeah. So, hopefully, for yourself and for your family, that well, for all of us, that this does all normalizes and we can all return back to a somewhat normal life. Um, however way we choose to change how we live moving forward um but I'm excited for you that you're that you're going that you're making that big change and getting back into full-time work it'll be um very exciting when that happens so obviously your eldest is 12 um yes and so tell us about yourself pre-children and what you did kind of from your schooling and your career path to before yeah absolutely
1: yeah, so I um, I finished year 12 back in 1998, God, 22 years ago. It doesn't seem that long ago, but it was. Um, and my intention was, particularly in the last couple of years of school, was to um, get into teaching, um, either early childhood or primary teaching. Um, so I based my year 12 subjects, et cetera, around that. And I did get the score and did get um, accepted into a teaching degree at Monash. But I decided towards the end of year 12 to sort of follow the lead of my older brother and sister who had both taken a year off um, and had deferred. Um, So I sort of saw that that was quite good and saw it as an opportunity to earn some money. I didn't really have any sort of real goals or direction for that year, but um, that was sort of, you know, my plan. So I sort of continued working my part-time job, which was at Safeway which is obviously Woolies now but um I did that and then I actually got into a full-time retail role and then not long after that got into a an office role so um when I say an office role that 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 was a role that started my sort of career in in payroll and finance so um after 12 months whilst the intention was to go back to uni or not to go back to start uni um the, the, the life of earning money and everything like that was actually a little bit too uh, appealing for me. And Mm -hmm. I continued, I decided not to actually go and do that degree at that point of my life. Um, and then just basically continue to work full time. So, um, yeah, I did that. I started working in the city of Melbourne. Um, I'm, I live out in the Southeast suburbs. I grew up in the Southeast suburbs, still am here. Um, so I would travel into the city every day and I've met some great people who i still you know talk to via social media who i worked with 20 years ago because this is now going back to the year sort of 2000 started 2000 um and i've had times over the years where i've sort of what if I'd gone and got that degree where would I be now but um I don't have regrets I've certainly made a a great career and and have um had some great roles within the last 20 years I have worked around the children um so I don't regret I guess not getting that teaching degree but there are at times where I think well what if I had but you know Mm -hmm. that's hindsight's always great um so yeah so I've just sort of been in finance so I've worked um i've worked in like i've worked at Crown Casino for for years and a management role there in finance i've worked in health systems i've worked in aged care. Um, the beauty of working in a role like a payroll role is that you as you're very versatile and you can actually um, apply that to sort of any industry, whether it's retail manufacturing, corporate um hospitality everything so that's that's been a really great opportunity so it's funny though because I look <laughs> I really didn't like maths at school and it was a subject that I was so glad that I didn't have to do in year 12 and it's so ironic now <laughs> that that's what I work with but it's funny what you sort of fall into and and how your life, what sort of direction it takes so yeah so that's where I am um so I met my First husband, which is the father of Alexis and Rose, um, I met him when I was 22. Um, he's five years older than me, and our relationship progressed, progress, sorry, very, very quickly. And within a year of being together, we were engaged. Um, and we got married two weeks after my 25th birthday. So um, I think back now, I think, gee, that seems really young now that I'm 40. I think, it's, you know, when I think of a 25-year-old getting married, but mm. I didn't feel young. I didn't feel young. And, I, and I'd been working with adults from 18, 19. So I felt like I was a very mature person anyway. Um, and he was really, he really wanted to get married for some, in his mind, he wanted to be married by the time he was 30. And he did. Um, so yeah so that's we we were married back in 2005 and so that's pretty much how it was it was like i said it was not a bit of a whirlwind we we were very serious from the start and i didn't feel like i was making a rash decision or anything like that it felt right and um as funny as it is because now we're divorced um we were married for seven years and i could honestly say they were really good years we just fell out of love so Mm, um, i'm very lucky that i can say that about my my first marriage so yeah
0: and then decision to have a child and falling pregnant in pregnancy yeah
1: so well, we always knew that we wanted to have a baby. We weren't sort of set on this is what we need to do and this is when we should do it. We we weren't actively trying, but we weren't not trying either. Um, so I didn't, like I didn't take, I, did, I took notes of my cycle, but I didn't have ovulation tests. I didn't do anything like that. There was no pressure. There was no stress, which I look back now and I'm I'm quite grateful for because I know of a lot of people who go through a lot of journeys where it every month is really stressful
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I guess when i was trying for poppy years later it became a little bit more stressful but i'll touch on that later but um with alexis we got to about 12 months of being married and it was by then i thought oh i probably would it was starting to get more this is what i really or what we both really really wanted um so we sort of took it a bit more seriously and on the second month of taking it more seriously so by the time you know we measured it and monitored it we um we fell pregnant with alexis so that was at the start of of 2007 um and yeah so she was due in october 2007 and i was very lucky in in particularly in the beginning of my pregnancy i wasn't particularly unwell there was days where i felt nauseous but it was enough i could still go to work and i could still function and do day-to-day stuff um it was probably more towards the end of the pregnancy that things got difficult medically for me. And so that was harder, but in terms of that first trimester, particularly, I was, I was, I was fairly lucky. I think I may have been sick maybe once or twice if that. So um, I was, I was very blessed in, in that way. Um, We did get to around the 20 week mark, however, and um, that's when a little bit of stress sort of um, came into our lives. And so I was recommended, which when they were doing some tests, is to do um, a blood test at the time, and that 's where they basically measure if there was any possibility of any um, you know genetic conditions that the the child may have and I just agreed to have this blood test and um, was happy to do it and didn 't really think twice about it and I got a phone call at work I still remember it was thirteen years ago, but I still remember I got a phone call at work and it was a midwife at the hospital where i was due to have alexis and um they said to me that their test result had come a a test result had come in and the obstetrician wanted to see me today could i go in and I was like, okay. And I, I presumed it was, I'd had a urine sample done as well and I presumed I must have had a UTI or something. And I said, oh, is it the urine sample? And she said, no, no, it, it's actually the blood test that's taking for things like Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh, oh, okay. I said, is it, is it a, you know, is, is it bad? Is, you know, all of a sudden i I've all of a sudden sense that, She wasn't panicking and she wasn't making me feel panicked, but I can certainly, I could sense that, well, they wanted to see me today. So there must be something urgent with this test. And she said, look, yeah, there's just the results have come in that are unexpected. If you come in today, you know, um, the obstetrician will talk to you more about it. So it was very daunting. You've got to remember, I was 26 years old at this stage. Um, So I was, I don't want to say I was naive, but I think I was a little bit naive when I think back now. I certainly was aware of Down syndrome and, um, you know, knew of a family friend whose daughter had Down syndrome, but never sort of, Contemplated this would be something that I would be potentially, if this is what it is, um, facing. So we went and saw um, my ex-husband and I went and saw the obstetrician that afternoon. and And whilst I can't remember the exact numbers, basically when they were to do this test, they base it on things like the likelihood, the chances, mm. and they take into a, into you in account account um, your age, your um, your nationality, like your, you know. Yeah, your nationality. Basically, I can't think of the word right now. Um, they um, a lot. Yeah, that's the word. Um, mm-hmm. They've taken a lot of that. And mm-hmm. whilst I don't recall the specific, basically at my age and because I was, you know, an Anglo Australian, that I really should have had something like a one in ten thousand chance that the baby would have Down syndrome, and it came back as a one in forty four chance um which you know okay there's still 43 chances that the child doesn't have down syndrome but there's one chance that it does you know and um so this sort of hit us like a ton of bricks like all of a sudden i'm like gone from just you know being pregnant with my first baby to your baby may have down syndrome so look the obstetrician was very um I don't want to say blunt because she was actually very lovely and I recall very, very nurturing and kind, but she she, she had a job to tell us what the result, what we had. You know, if we if we wanted to find out this is what we'd have to do, when we would have to do it by, if the baby does have Down syndrome, what, what are your decisions, everything like that. So it was a very full-on conversation um, and I became obviously very emotional and, um, because I was frightened, do you know what I mean? I was frightened mm. of this is like, <laughs> this is my first big thing as a parent, you know what I yeah. mean? All of a sudden I'm not that kid anymore. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm nearly a mum. So we sort of, w- we went away and we decided um, to go on the advice of her and, and get a test done, which is called an Um which is a test that basically it's done in hospital by a doctor and what they're doing is they're removing a small amount of amniotic fluid from your tummy and it's basically testing to see if there is any you know risk of any genetic or chromosomal conditions um, so it's something that they obviously don't do for everyone it does run a, a small but there is a risk of miscarriage when you do have it but it gives you basically it comes up with a clear result whether the child has any sort of genetic decision so we decided to do that um, and we wanted to know the results and we we decided very quickly that if the child we didn't know she was a girl at that point um, if the child did have down syndrome that that was okay for us um, she was ours and we wanted her and that was, and I'm a true believer. And even at 25, I was 26 that everything happened for a reason. So we, but I wanted to be prepared. I wanted to have those months to sort of, you know, the last five months to prepare our life if Mm -hmm. our child did have Down syndrome. So we went a few days later and had the test done and, um, they called me, they usually call within like 24 to 48 hours, I think it was. And then the final results come through in two weeks. But um, I recall sitting on the couch at home and and Steve, my ex husband, was at work and I got the phone call and um and she came out straight away and said, Look, it's fine, the baby's fine, there is no um genetic conditions, et cetera, et cetera. So obviously wow. we had to be confirmed. Yeah. So it was like over the phone, sort of like the fate of my child, you know, was and then she said to me, Oh, and you know, I was obviously quite relieved and happy and I mean I feel almost guilty saying that because there are families that do have that and, um, but it was a relief. I I will admit that to me, uh, to you, but, um, yeah, but she said to me, do you know what the sex of the child is? And we'd gone for a scan a couple of weeks earlier and she'd been playing up and they could not, see what sex she was and I remember crying then I thought god two weeks later you know how how life just changes you know you're upset you can't see the sex of a baby on an ultrasound and all of a sudden your baby could have all these you know could potentially have issues but anyway and I said yes and she goes oh you're having a girl so I look at it now and I go wow I was told over the phone (laughs) that I was having a girl and um but I remember calling up Steve and you know and we were really excited and I recall calling my mum and um because they were obviously mum and dad were really worried for us, you know, and um, yeah, and rang dad and literally he came over and I was told he must have gone to Target and bought every girl outfit, baby outfit. Oh, bless. Um, It was beautiful. Yeah. And to this day, you know, she's 13 this year. My dad still spoils this girl, totally Mm -hmm. rotten, um, which is they've got an absolutely beautiful relationship, my dad and and Alexis. So, yeah. So then later on in the pregnancy, (laughs) It went from being really quite easy and, and calm till at twenty-nine weeks I actually went into early labour with her, would you believe? Oh wow. Yeah. So I had been having pains. It was a Saturday and I'd been having these pains ordained, a little bit of vomiting and I I had a feeling it wasn't quite right. And we went to the hospital like late on a Saturday night and they sort of put us in a separate room in case I had some sort of tummy bug, but I felt that it wasn't a tummy bug. And anyway, it found out that I was actually in preterm labor. Um, And this, I had gone to Casey hospital, which is over in Berwick, um, which is where I was to have her. Um, And it's grown a lot in 13 years, but at the time it's, it's the smaller of the Monash hospitals. Um, So they said to me, look, we're not equipped if you do end up, you know, having her we're not equipped we're going to move you up to Monash hospital so I went in an ambulance and everything it was crazy um went in an ambulance and fortunately they were able to stop it um but I was basically put on not strict bed rest but I was told to stop work then and there um and yeah, and we ended up getting um, gestational diabetes, which continued, which I had for pregnancy number two and number three. Um, so, I, look, it wasn't terrible, but it was just some ailments that, that I mm. had to deal with um, in that pregnancy. Um, and look, to be honest, I used to call her my drama queen before she was even born, and true to that, she still is our drama, <laughs> our drama queen. It's um, she lives up to that title, I can tell you, but she yeah so um uh, but then after going into preterm labor i ended up getting induced um to have her because she was actually oh getting goodness. to the point where, where well it got to the point where um the, you know i was having regular scans i was getting monitored twice a week um i was the gestational my numbers my sugars were numbers were going was starting to not be under control okay. she was coming yeah. across as being big. it just made sense for them to induce mm-hmm. me so i was mm-hmm. induced at She was due on the 29th of October um, and they started doing the inducing on the 24th and she was due, she was born on the 25th. Yeah. So she was four days before her due date. Yeah. So, and how was birth? So um, I, I, going back to what I said before about being really naive, I think I was a little bit naive with the whole birth thing. Um, So the midwife said to us, look, you know, in terms of pain relief and I was completely open to pain relief and I was actually completely open to, um, whether it was a natural delivery or ended up as a cesarean. Um, my brother and his wife had had a cesarean birth the year before. And I wasn't, I know that a lot of women, you know, really want to have that natural birth. And whilst I would have loved that too, I was open before even going into labor that if it ended up in a cesarean, that's actually okay. Mm. um, so she, the midwife, and I recall her sitting there and tell me about, okay, we're on pain relief. We might start with the gas and then, um, you know, move on to the, um, oh, what's another one? I know the uh, oh, epidural is the last one. A penic- no, it wouldn't be a penicillin. Anyway, I thought after a while I wasn't able to have my epidural because I hadn't gone through the two, the two previous stages. This is where I'm so naive <laughs> about things. But um, the the labour... It was it went for about eleven hours, and I do recall saying to Steve at one point, you know, go to the a t m and get money out because I get this f and baby out of me and pay a doctor to get this baby out of me I was you know, <laughs> very calm obviously through the process. I can laugh about it now, but um but it got to the point where it was becoming not to me but it was becoming obvious to the um midwives that alexis was starting to get distressed when i was having contractions um and they brought the late a couple of the nurses in had been monitoring me through the last sort of month or two um to come in and actually look and they saw that you know it was um she was going into distress every time i had a contraction so the obstetrician came to me and said look i think it's time we do a cesarean i'd only dilated i think four centimeters in about 11 hours um and i was completely fine with that i, I I, I i knew this was there's no point in me trying to fight this any longer um, so literally within twenty minutes of that you know obstetrician saying that and me signing paperwork um you, I was up in the operating theater and um she was born um, obviously by via cesarean and um i she was sort of I was, you know, I'm well through the delivery, like felt very nauseous and everything, which is most p- people who've gone through cesareans can attest to. Um, and she'd been, you know, she came out and I could see the scratch on her forehead, which they told me that actually would have happened for when they cut, they broke my waters through the labor. Mm. Um, yeah. So she had this, I've got love looking at the photos of her first couple of days of birth, which has got the scratch, you know, on the top of her nose. But, um, yeah, so um, they took her, she was born at 8.30 at night, they took her and, and Steve went off with her and I was sensing something wasn't quite right because we'd been there a while, not that I'd been in that position before and I remember um, talking to the anaesthetist, which I don't know, I think it's just this thing that these anaesthetists do when they go to college, that when they, they they do this subject where they be really lovely to families <laughs> because so many, the three different anaesthetists I had for my three caesareans plus... Um, everyone i speak to to stop yeah. how lovely these guys these they are they, they're they're really really lovely whilst looking after you and i remember i looked to him and i said is you know is everything okay because i could you know sense and he said to me um they're having tr- you're bleeding a lot and they're having trouble getting everything back to where it needs to be that's mm. that's all he said um and very lovely not no I wasn't frightened he didn't say it in, a, in an alarm voice but he he was telling me what was happening but unfortunately that got him in trouble by the obstetricians and they told him off and I felt really bad I was saying sorry and he's like don't worry about it that's fine but I did find out later that I lost actually a litre of blood um, in that delivery and I was very unwell after the delivery a lot of pain and very unwell to the point where I didn't actually see Alexis again that night um I went back to the labour ward and was monitored there, had a lot of pain relief, sort of can remember it. You know, this is, like as I said, nearly 13 years ago, but I remember that night in and out. Um, and it wasn't until the next morning where they, they brought her in to me. Um, but that night, I, so 24 hours after she was born, I recall I had some visitors, my brother and his wife, and my mum had been there through the day and my father-in-law was there. And I, I remember sitting on the bed, and he was talking to me. And you know when you had those sort of surreal out of body moments where I don't know if you've had this before, but you you're in the room and you can hear things, but you're not really there. Like mm. it was a really odd, odd feeling. And the I feel like I feel like
0: mean, what's happening to everyone in the world right now. That feeling <laughs>
1: like we're what exactly. I'm what's, what's really going happening. On. Yeah. Yeah, mm. but I'm I'm not here. I can't and it's a really odd feeling, but yeah. um, and the midwife must have picked that up on me and 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 said, "Look, I'll, I'll take Alexis for the night." Anyway, gave me blood tests. I was so anemic, mm, um, wow. but so I ended up I, I had a blood transfusion the next day. So I ended up, you know, within thirty six hours after having her, I was having blood transfusions. But um, after that, though, it was great. And within a, I felt so so fantastic that night, mm. um, and just felt like a different person. And um, yeah, went home. Um, I breastfed and fortunately for me it worked um it didn't work the next my next baby so mm. it's it, it's amazing what happens what can work with one pregnancy doesn't or baby doesn't necessarily work with the next um but yeah she was um a cruisy easy baby um I, I remember she was probably about two or three months old and I said to my friends Ah, oh, do this again like she was <laughs> just I, it was just like she, she she slept. She was easy to take out. She was just an an, an easy kid. So, mm. which was I was blessed. Like I was really blessed, particularly for your first baby. And like I said, I mean, I turned twenty seven a couple of weeks after she was born. But um, you know, you you're very young in mind. And this is not please. It's not putting down any young mums at all because not at all. But I look back to where I am now mentally. Do you know what I mean? Thirteen mm. years on. Mm. Um, and I was really lucky I had a, yeah. a baby like Alexis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And then what happened um, with deciding for number two and were you concerned with the issues that you had with yeah. before? Yeah, was there absolutely. a risk of that happening again from with birth?
1: Look, yeah. So it was a risk of definitely the gestational diabetes coming back, mm-hmm. not necessarily the, um, the high risk of the Down syndrome, not necessarily the early labour um, if anything it was probably mainly for the, the gestational um so I really would have loved another baby quite quickly after her but I was very sensible and we've got to look at financial side of things so did you return eight months off. to work yeah, yeah yeah I well I did return to work but I didn't return to the same job I left I when I think about it now crazy I actually went went and got a job at Crown Casino. Yeah. and it was a promotional job basically. A promotion job, sorry, not promotional. Um so not only did I have a, a an eight month old, I went for a job that was an hour plus drive away. Mm. Um plus had a high responsibility. But you know, I, I I loved it. And we worked around it really well. So I would actually start work at seven o'clock in the morning. So I'd leave home at twenty to six. Um steve would do everything in the morning get her off to create daycare and then i'd finish at four and and sort of be home for the you know pick her up from daycare and and dinner so it worked really really well it was busy it was obviously stressful there was times i felt completely guilty she was in full-time care and of course we all know what that's like you know there was tonsillitis and there was croup and there Mm. was gastro and there was everything and anything The kids you know they walk in and pow, that something's on them you know Mm. um so but it, it worked really well and then i was also keeping in mind that it took us a while with alexis um so we're sort of under that impression that it would again was number two um but it happened literally on the first month so mm-hmm. um yeah so alexis would have been probably about oh 16 months old when i they're about just over two years apart so yeah mm-hmm. maybe about 16 months old when i fell pregnant with number two and they tested obviously they tested the down syndrome very early that came well as i could that came back okay there was no risk at all with that um they tested the gestational early normally you don't get it tested to about 28 weeks they tested me at 12 and it came back then that I had gestational again. Oh wow! So yeah. that's early, so, isn't it? Yeah, really early, and I was on insulin within I think by week fourteen of the mm-hmm. pregnancy, I was on insulin. So that's um, definitely my Achilles when it comes to pregnancy. Mm-hmm. My sister, my fourth sister, vomits from the minute she gets pregnant to the minute she gets gives birth. But for me, it was definitely the gestational um, mm-hmm. diabetes. So yeah, so I could have chosen to to go for a VBAC. That was certainly put towards me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I just didn't want it to be honest mm. i had done the labor i felt like i had experienced that i didn't feel like i had missed out on anything <laughs> or uh, you know having a cesarean i don't think i still felt bonded to my baby she was still mine. Mm. i had still birthed um so i made a decision very quickly to um have a cesarean and and, and i did and it was a scheduled cesarean and um it was scheduled for 10 days before she was born. This is my second baby Rose, who will be 10 this year. And, um, and it was so much easier. It was so much easier when you haven't had the labor beforehand and the lack of sleep, you know, mm. you walk in the hospital in the morning and you have the baby and you're there. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I found the recovery was so much, particularly those first few days in hospital um, was so much easier with Rose. So mm. So yeah, can I ask so, with,
0: with Alexis, when you went to work at Crown, um, yeah. so you said that you worked full-time and she was in full-time care. How old was she yeah.
1: then? So she was, eight, well, it was the June. So she was born in October. So about eight months. Yeah, And she did full-time creation until she started school
0: yeah okay so
1: she was a full-time crash kid from eight months um to literally the day she walked into her first day in primary school and so Um, what do
0: you think about that that experience and how do you think that that has either positively or negatively impacted her and the person that she kind of is and transitioned to school
1: it's funny because i um i absolutely she was 150 percent ready for school when she Mm. started school Mm. she was used to being away from me so she never had that emotional she loved seeing me obviously when I picked her up at night but she Mm. never was upset to be dropped off because Mm. she knew no different so that's Mm. a big thing that's a really really big thing Mm. for us parents if anyone who knows what that feels like it's, mm. it's really hard when the kids need you and want you and you need to be somewhere else so she was she was so ready she was never tired you know they always talk about little preps starting school and how tired they are nope she was fine because she'd been doing these massive days academically she was you know they're, they're so awesome daycares because it's an mm. edge it's not just you know early childhood educators yeah they're educators Mm. and they are there are so many guidelines and there are so many specifics that they need to follow and prepare our kids but they also love our children Mm. it's not just about what they what the government says they have to do there's a genuine love and when you're there full-time five days a week you become part of the family Mm -hmm. and some of the daycare girls are still friends of mine on facebook and if i see them down you know it's so lovely you know they'll Mm. always be part of the family because rose went there as well and um And yeah, so it was, I felt she was so prepared for school. Um, I, I said, they taught her her numbers. They taught Mm. her how the colors, they taught her how to, you know what I mean? Like Mm. they had a massive impact and I'm so grateful for that. And I always said, if there was a time that she was really struggling with it, um, and things had to change, then that's okay. I would change my work, but we didn't have that with, with her and certainly didn't have it with Rose either mm-hmm. who came along, you know, next. So, um, and with Rose, I went back even earlier. So I, I went back a couple of days a week when she was like four months old because mm-hmm. was, I was needed at work. Mm. Um and I because I think I've felt so secure with, with the daycare choice that we the daycare centre we chose, um, that makes a massive difference. Oh, to huge. Your kids are fine, 100%. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and I think, and there was a lot of kids that went to school, it was a local daycare, it was right near the primary school. So, and then that year when Alexis did Kinder, which was in 2012 four year old Kinder, 2012, that was the first year that um, four year old programs were really part of daycare centres. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the kids would go and it was just be oh yeah they're sort of at kinder or they would walk them across the road to the actual council kinder you know Mm -hmm. but so alexis's year level was a year group that was the first year that they did four-year-old kinder at the daycare and her teacher was just amazing and yeah so um it it was great and i have absolutely no regrets i've done childcare daycare i've done poppy's done some family daycare i've been at home probably so i've had i've actually had sort of all all sort of aspects mm-hmm. um and i've been really lucky to have all positive experiences with all of that, I know and you, wouldn't, that case, but.
0: you wouldn't say that any of that or would you say any of that has changed your relationship with any of your children based on what that experience level was
1: um yeah i, I find that i'm and i don't know if it's because poppy is my youngest mm-hmm. that i've worried about her more been away from me i'm mm. worried about her oh, will she be okay at school will she you know that way where i didn't have that with alexis and rose mm, and okay um and i don't know whether it's because she's just my youngest or whether i've actually been at home for a majority of poppy's preschool years mm. um and not that i ever doubted where she was going and the educators that were going to be with her i've never ever doubted that it was just me and i think i think i probably uh, it's uh, you know there's a lot more i How do I put this? I think Alexis and Rose probably have a lot more independence than Poppy does because Mm. they've had to sort of do that. And particularly Alexis at 12 is so independent and so mature. Um, And um, I I really put that down to the fact that I haven't been there over her, you know, her whole life. Basically, Mm. I've I've parented and we have a beautiful relationship, absolutely Mm. beautiful relationship, but I haven't, you know she hasn't had to rely on me for everything she's been Mm. she's had other adults other adults in her life and she relates really well to adults in fact I think she would relate better to adults than she does kids her own age Mm, um and I think it's because she's been surrounded by adults um since a baby you know Mm, um, interesting yeah yeah but I do they've never like sometimes i think oh they wonder why i didn't you know they had to go to daycare and they had to do this but life was different then as well like i was mates and I, i i had to financially work um and i wanted to work um and in a way, that was a really good thing because when we did separate, I was financially independent. Mm. So I was able to support myself and the girls when they were, you know, with me and I was able to, when we because we sold our house as part of, you know, when we broke up and so I just rented. Um, but I was able to, you know, rent and pay bills and, and pay the childcare fa- fees for the days I had them and be able to work, you know. So I was really, um, I say that as a real blessing that I was actually had a career and had that financial independence and um, could look after myself. And to be able to do that, the kids had to go to daycare. So that mm. was just the reality of that life. Do you know what I mean? Of
0: course. Um, yeah. So when you met your mm. new partner, your current partner, mm. he had two children.
1: How yeah, was so, that Yeah. Transition? So it was very, um, so we, when, when we met, we, we didn't not necessarily keep it secret like my sister and all that new, but we wanted it just to be about us because his marriage had ended a similar time to, to what mine had. And both marriages had been ended, had been decided. So my marriage had, had ended based on what my ex-husband wanted. It was his decision and same with Nat's wife. That was her decision, ex-wife. Um, so, but we were very cautious and you're very cautious. When you have a relationship with someone who has children, It's not about you, you know what I mean? Mm. And um, it's really lovely and it's exciting to meet someone new and, and, you know, to have that companionship and and you know what turned into love for us but we were very mindful we had four young preschool children um so we did not introduce the kids well i didn't introduce well we didn't introduce the kids together for probably about four or five months and we certainly i didn't meet his children on my own or he didn't meet my children on their own until that time as well so we wanted to make sure our relationship was stable and serious and um before we brought the kids into it. So, um, and when it was, it, they don't remember life without each other now, but the older two, Alexis and Emma, my stepdaughter, they're two months apart in age. Wow. Um, they, they recall some things, but not really. Um, mm. So they've grown up together, do you know what I mean? So, um, which in a way has been really lucky. I know I've got a girlfriend who... Who, um, remarried and she had kids in their teens and he had kids in their teens. And it was a really hard, really hard, um, adjustment for all, mm. all of them. And, um, so and this was sort of happening. I met her around the same time, actually. She was a friend of, oh, well, she is a friend of Nathaniel, but, um, and then I looked at my scenario and I think we were really lucky, even though it was really hard having four kids, under, like between two and four. Mm. Um, it was really a blessing in disguise as well because we were able to establish what now becomes our family, our brother's mm. family, yeah. from a young age and um, get to know each other and and, and everything. So, yeah.
0: And so um, do you all live together now? Like, is Yeah. That-
1: so, yeah, so it's... Um, it, things have changed over the years in terms of arrangements with the kids as kids get older, they, they, they start having a voice as to mm-hmm. what they would like to do and not to do. And, um, at one point we had 50, 50 custody with Nathaniel's kids. Um, I guess it's a few years ago. And, um, we've had the majority. So I have the majority of care of Alexis and Rose. they go to their dads every second weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Emma and Zach, my stepchildren, um, They've wanted to be with mum a bit more, which was hard for Nathaniel to understand, but I understood that as a mum. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not against dad. It's You've just got to understand that these kids have got a particular relationship with their mum. And mm-hmm. um, so that's been a lo- really hard thing for him to do, but he does understand that, you know, to be away from them. He w- we would love them more. But so they come also every second weekend for it, like they stay from like the Friday through to the Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, and then every holidays we um, have them week on, week off. So we've had it in line. We've always had all the kids on the one weekend. So before Poppy was born, we would literally have four kids one weekend, and then would have a weekend to ourselves. Um, but now we, what we do is we have five kids one weekend now, and just Poppy the following weekend. Oh, okay. um, yeah. And like I said, so they're due. That's actually it's Friday today, so they're actually due to come tonight, Emma and Zach, um, and they'll be here through to through to Monday as well. So, so that's um, a busy it, that's a busy household over that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it's a massively because you know kids do sports so there's swimming and there's basketball and and this has been like this well we've we've lived we've been together eight years but we we were lived apart for a year we didn't move in with each other till then um so we've lived all as a family i guess you could say for seven years um and but we've we built our house about five years ago um a big house we wanted the kids no matter what night or how many nights they're here that this is their home so we always say that to particularly emma and zach who are only here you know three nights a fortnight we say this is as much your house as it is Poppy, who's here every day so they have their own rooms Mm. um everything there's never ever been oh, I've got to take this as mum's clothes, these are dad's clothes, I've got to pack a bag, I've got to do, you know. Um, mm. So they've, all, they've got their own, and, and my girls have that at their dad's house, so they've got their own rooms, as the, Emma and Zach have their mum's house. So um, this is their home, you mm. know. So they'll, you know, like I made sure Zach's iPad was charged this afternoon because I know that's what he's going to do when he comes in from school this afternoon and, um, and things like that. So it is a really busy, hectic life. But as the years have gone on... Um, it was definitely harder in the beginning when you've got four kids that need to be amused. Let's be honest though. Yeah, we, we were going out every second weekend. People mm. go, Oh, do you ever stay home? Like you've got four kids. You've got to amuse. You've got to go to the museum mm. or the park or, or the zoo or lunar park or something because you're <laughs> trying to be crazy. You go crazy indoors. Bit, yeah. Yeah. Now that they're a bit older, they, you know, the old girls, we're lucky to see them before 10 AM on a Saturday morning. <laughs> they sleep in a little bit. Um, you know, we've got kids that near, live near us. They're friends with kids. So one of the kids from down the road will come in and see Zach or, or, or something. So we're not needing to entertain them as much. Mm. Um, but it is certainly busy and loud and Poppy absolutely gets so excited when she knows that um, Emma and Zach are coming. Not that she doesn't get it with Alexis and Rose, but she sees them every day. But mm. she knows that her brother and sister are coming this afternoon and, um, how many hours and she's got a beautiful relationship particularly with Zach and um, so it's really lovely to see our family dynamics and how it changes and people will say to us do they get on do these kids get on well well yeah they get on like every other brother and sister so mm-hmm. they might fight but then my girls will fight and then one will fight with Zach and then Zach will fight with Emma or that you know like it's mm. it's mm-hmm. any family um mm-hmm. any family uh, but it's it's normal for our family now and, um, yeah, it's it, this is our home and this is the home of, we, where we created, you know, we built because we knew we wanted, we, we had a big family. Uh, we moved in when I was pregnant with Poppy and, um, yeah, so we 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 tried to make it, it's chaotic and it's loud but we don't know any different now because it's been eight years. Do you know what I mean? So Yeah. So what do
0: you, what life. sort of... Um, things could you share or any in particular advice or wisdom or anything in your experience with raising five kids at a time at some stages and even over the years when you have as well like that you big successes or things that you'd want to share to maybe help others
1: yep i think what we've all got to remember is that our kids all different so what how we we might parent same way in terms of all right we're all eating the same dinner and we're all doing this but I find that you've you've got to really parent sometimes each kid individually based on what they are like as children. And I'm not saying that one gets something more than the other or this one's allowed to get away with that. That's not what I mean. But with my children, for example, um... I feel that Rose, for example, is a lot more independent. She's well, she's very attached to me. She doesn't need reassurance about things. She's a kid that can walk into a room and be very calm and cool and collected and doesn't care if anyone likes her or doesn't like her, while Alexis is totally different. She, her heart breaks if someone looks at her the wrong way. or um, So she needs a lot more nurturing, some reassurance and things like that. Mm. Um, in terms of parenting, um, your stepchildren like that is a really big thing to be able to do so um you need to. I, Emma and Zach have got a mum and they've got a, a really, really wonderful mum who um, adores them and loves them. And um, I would never ever step in her shoes and parent, but um, they have respect for me as a parent in this household. Mm. Um, but I, they know that they, they, I, they love me and I love them and I'm affectionate with them and kiss and cuddle them. And um, same as Nathaniel with Alexis and Rose, it's, it's, there is love. But I guess generally the main thing was when you've got, lots of children or even if you've got one lots of you have to be organized and you have to be even a friend said to us a few weeks ago they came and babysat them for us nat and i went to the elton john concert and we had two of our girlfriends a couple they came and looked after the five kids and we were telling them this is this 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 and she goes one of the girls goes oh um it's like you've got like an army here you've you've (laughs) got to be and i said you've got to be you've got to be like this is the structure this is the time this is when they can do this this and it's not that i'm and that's an army major or anything, it's just like if we don't get things done tonight, then tomorrow it's not going to work. So, yeah. for example, <laughs> school lunches, non-negotiable, they're done the night before. That's mm. like a, a non-negotiable. Uniforms or what if they need to be washed, washed, dried every, the night before and sitting on the couch. Mm. It's, it makes my morning a lot easier. There's routine. There's no technology on school days until you are 100% ready. And when I say 100% ready, that means including shoelaces tied or hair done or lunchbox in your bag. Um, we leave at the same time. We get up, and we leave at the same time every morning. You know, like, oh, what kind me, of I
0: car mean, do you drive, actually? <laughs> to fiddle <all> these. <laughs> well, children. it's funny
1: because you're not going to believe this because I actually have a small car, mm. and we actually had I uh, I had a, a Kia Carnival. Oh. And which was great. And the kids loved it because it was these sliding doors, you know, how fancy and things. <laughs> but this car was like, it was, um, it was starting to really fall apart and it was old and it was just driving me insane. And what I was finding, particularly with Emma and Zach, they weren't coming as much, is that I only really had the girls in the car a lot of the time. And sometimes mm, okay. I didn't really pop in. So we sold it and I got a small car. And, and so... We know that if we ever go anywhere as a family, like we, it's usually only somewhere local now. It's like, it might yeah. be to my sister's house or something. So we just take the two cars. Mm. Um, so we don't have a big car anymore. But yeah, okay. people are surprised when they <laughs> see. <laughs> I've got 30 It's like, it's a, it's a, seriously, it's a little car, but I love it. Um, and the kids kept saying how much they miss the van and I'm thinking oh my goodness you know like <laughs> but yeah it's, it's funny but um but you just got to be I'm like, yeah so I should explain on like on the Monday morning when the kids go to school where we've got all five Nathaniel will take Emma and Zach so they're of course they're all at different schools as well so um yeah, and different suburbs and and things <laughs> but this, it's actually calmed down from what it was once before do you know what I mean so uh and you just got to do it what else you got to do like you just got to get it done so we cook dinners that we know they're going to eat you know there's no point whipping up like something that I know that majority are not going to eat so Mm. we have like spaghetti bolognese lasagna you know sausages chicken schnitzels things that you know that you're going to eat that kids Mm. are going to eat and there's no fuss and it's easy to clean up and 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 gone but um we've started to really try to get the kids to have more responsibility around the house. Like I said, I can't do this house on my own. Um, so it's, they've, they've realized that they've got to sort of pull their finger out a little bit because they are typical kids, you know, are happy mm. to sort of sit down and watch mum and dad do everything, but they're, they're really, 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 I'm not just saying this to my kids, but they are really decent, good children um, with really lovely manners and um, a very respectful and, could drive us mad a lot but um yeah but they're, they're really good kids so I just guess I, I it's just been organized it's, mm. it's a really it's a really simple thing to say but I like I said whatever you can get done tonight that's going to make tomorrow easier mm. do it you yeah.
0: know? Um, so true because yeah yeah do you so you sound extremely on top of it and organized and all that sort of thing do you have um what sort of things you're doing just for yourself for your own self-care
1: well, to be honest, it's it'd be fair to say that that hasn't been a priority over mm. the years. Um, and not, oh, don't get me wrong, I'd love to go and get a massage and do that. I'm not at all, but it's it's you come down to time, it's it, particularly when you've got multiple children. Um, it's a, a time, you know, the little bit of time you've got, you know, you just go, oh, I just want to sit on the couch mm. and catch up on, on Survivor or something, you know, but um, I am. I have a house cleaner that's a non-negotiable. So I have um, that house cleaned weekly. And I know that's like, well, that's not, you know, because the the reality is Nathaniel's got a very um, important job and um, that requires him to do a lot, a lot, a lot of hours, um, even though he's fantastic when he is at home. Um, Mm. But I have that house cleaned because it would take hours to clean. Mm. Um, So I have a house cleaner and that mentally does so much for me yeah um it's just yeah, it, it's just mentally a, a big thing so if any mums out there who possibly could afford a cleaner whether it's even once a month to come mm. in just to do your bathrooms mm-hmm. and your toilet then you know take that you know if you can p- put money aside each week for that monthly clean do that but i do get a cleaner i've actually started to um I don't know if you've done it yourself, Al, but it's like called float, like it's like floating, like mm. flotation. Oh I don't God. know if you've heard of that. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, I have done I that.
1: Had, well, I hadn't. I'd heard of it, but not really looked into it. And my sister-in-law organised for us to go a few weeks ago, and I did. And I have to admit, I'm a bit of claustrophobic, so I was like, <laughs> oh, "How am I going to deal with this?" Because you know, you're literally. Um, you know, in, in like a cocoon sort of thing, but mm. um, it was amazing. And it was an hour and you are forced to literally lay there and mm. do nothing. Mm-hmm. And and it's dark. So you're not, you know, you're not even, you know, we can say we're going to relax, but one of us, we, we generally pick up our phone still or, mm. or we yeah. do something, you know, we see something, Oh God, I'll go and put that away before I sit you know, but this forces you to sit there or lay there and just relax. So I've started doing that and, I'm committing myself to do that at least once a month. I think, you know, that's, that's an hour, whether it's on a Saturday or something that I'm going to go and lay there and, and just, and come out and feel great, Mm. you know, physically feel great. And then of course that allows me to feel mentally great because I can be quite, you know, I can get quite stressed and emotional and as we all do, but I I particularly can be quite emotional. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, and I have anxiety, diagnosed anxiety, and whilst it's managed generally, there are times where it just comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think self self care and self love is something that I'm slowly learning to do, and slowly learning to accept that's actually okay for us to do it. Mm. And um, do you notice, and- like, when
0: you did that float, do you notice how different it makes you feel and how much of a different you know, mother, parent, partner, everything that you can kind of be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. I think if you take that time away, whether it's w- whatever you choose to do, is that as your is your self care.
0: Mm.
1: Absolutely. You, one, I'm clear-minded, which it did mm. it really did make me feel more clear-minded. Yep. But it made me feel like not. You sort of don't. Oh, you know, you sort of get a bit resentful sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that's always having to clean. I'm tired because, mm. oh, you know, I've had to clean your shoes up or move your shoes or clean up the dishes. Or, and you become a little bit resentful. And there would mm. be times where I'd be almost resentful of when Nathaniel would go off to work. He'd go off at seven thirty and have say have a good day to me, and I'd go. Are you serious? Like you know what I mean? Like and mm. it was only been really lovely, but I was resentful because he got to go in the car and you know, and you know, wow, well, have, have a break to an extent. Them, but... Well, sit and peak hour traffic on the Monash Freeway, and then and then run an IT business and have you know this, and then come home and how well, lucky you know. It's it's really silly, but I think once you start doing that self care, all of a sudden you're like, no, it's actually okay. I'm I'm allowed to go away and feel good, and you come back and. I'm going to say you appreciate, well, you do appreciate your kids more, but you, you just appreciate yourself more, I think mm. is probably what the best say. Yep. And, your, your and your own self worth yep. and your own self time. And some people get that through exercise and, and non negotiable will have to run every day or go to the gym every day. I don't need something every day personally, that's just mm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, if I feel like I want to go and have a massage, I'll go and have a massage and not have to justify it to myself, maybe. Mm. Um, that's what we all do. And I, but it, I have to say it is easier as my kids are a bit older. I am a bit more time. I do have a more time, you know, when your mm. kids are at home or in daycare or not at school or, it, you know, you can be quite time poor. So I have had a little bit more freedom this year with Poppy starting school. Um, I admit that, but, um but just take that time out, you know, like, and just, just do it because the only one who's losing out is yourself. Yeah. The kids are not losing out. Yeah, the kids don't. They they the life their life's not going to be any different whether you go to the gym or not. You know, so yeah, don't want lose out as yourself.
0: Hundred percent. Well, look, uh, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your story. Oh, thank and you. I think that it's really you're going through a transitional time. And I mean, obviously with what's happening, but hopefully when you know that you do find. Um, when this all calms down and returns to some normalcy that you do find work, I think it's a ex- really exciting time and another stage in your life. That's um, that's going to bring some change. And I think even I see myself when I go to where I see work, I see that as a bit of self care. I think I just, yeah. That, yeah. Mentally yeah. getting removed and I miss my kids so much, but it's so yeah. beautiful being reignited with them. And, in, and I find that for me, I have a couple of, really connected great hours in the afternoon and put them to bed and all that kind of stuff, as opposed to, you know, for me, I'm not, I'm not um, discrediting stay at home mums in any way, shape or form. No, no. No, there's a lot that's going yeah. on there. But um, for me, I found that when I was staying at home, it was just, it was maybe, you know, 16 hours of half quarter and eighth of my attention. Cause it was just like, yep. you know, everything going on as opposed yep. to two or three hours of just, pretty much hundred percent attention to them. So everyone's different. Absolutely. Everything works differently for everyone, but I thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your story. And, um, and I think there's lots there that people will, you know, get a lot out of. So thank you so much.
1: Thanks so much
0: thank you to everyone for listening this was episode 17 as I said at the start if you are liking the episodes we'd love you to like comment share leave reviews everything you can to get the messages out there I hope you're all staying well and um, are as protected as you can from the coronavirus and um, taking care of each other and your friends and your loved ones check in on each other talk to you all soon in the next episode